What's up, Farmers? Welcome to the Farm Athletic Company podcast. I am your host, Andrea Warner. I am also the co-owner and co-founder of Farm Athletic Company. If you would like more information on us, please visit our website at www.farmathleticco.com. And now, on to today's show. What's up, Farmers? Welcome to episode number six of the Farm Athletic Company podcast. My special guest today is our head coach, Aaron Rose. Yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Thank you for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. Are you nervous? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I love talking to people. love uh, probably talking more than I should, but I am a little nervous. We'll yeah, see what happens. You're going to kill it. I hope. So let's start here. You're 24? 24. Yep. Just got married. Attempted to buy a house. All the big things are happening very, very quickly oh, for so, me. You're so grown up. I, I, such an adult now. It's wild. So when the first time that Sherry and I ever talked to you, you were 22, I do yep. believe, still in school at UCF. Yep. And tell us how you ended up here with us. It's, it's definitely been a wild ride. Um, during that kind of course of our communication um, I was just kind of searching for a new gym that had the same vision that I did. Um, I was currently working at a gym, loved my owners, loved the members, but we were just kind of moving in a different direction than we both agreed upon, and that's okay. Um, so I kind of sought out some gyms and some open-ended opportunities on Indeed and other things like that, and Went on a couple of interviews, but it was, meh. again, they didn't necessarily have the vision that I did. Um, active life had been something that was all over my Instagram, my Facebook. I had followed them for a while prior to communicating with you guys. And one random day, Dr. Sean posted something on a story. He said, any coaches looking for a career out of this fitness industry, shoot me a message. I'm like, I have nothing to lose. Let's see what happens. Shot him a message, very simple. Hey, Dr. Sean, I'm Aaron. Kind of gave him a spiel as to who I was. And in the matter of, I'd say, five minutes, I received a message back very quickly. I was like, oh, dang. Like, that was very fast. Yeah, Dr. Sean's on it. He doesn't play around, which, which really shocked me. You know, It felt as though I was, I was individualized. I meant something to him, yeah. you know, which I really loved. Um, and he responded back with, hey, send me a video as to who you are, what you feel coaching entails, and the vision you have as a coach in your future career. I think I had maybe 30 takes on this video. That was <laughs> probably a minute, minute and a half long. Sienna, my wife now, completely going in and out as to the critiques of, you said, um, 17 times, or the way you looked down was weird. I, this, I can totally see her So many that. different things, you know, but I wanted it to be perfect. I wanted it to exemplify the work ethic that I have and, and ultimately what I wanted in regard to my career. Um, I sent that to Dr. Sean. He sent it out to a couple of gyms here and there. I ended up going on an interview over in Winter Garden, which was pretty close to where I lived at the time. Um, and then he got me in touch with you guys. From there, we had a couple phone calls back and forth. Mm -hmm. And I, I tried to be as honest as I possibly could because I feel as though the honesty was... The honesty and the vulnerability that I kind of put myself in was something that I think really kind of enhanced the relationship that you and I and Sherry have. Oh, absolutely. Um, I kind of put my life in your hands in a mm -hmm. way. 
Um, and I straight up told you, I said, listen, if, if this isn't going to work, if I'm not going to be able to fend for myself, then we can kind of cut this conversation right now. Yeah. And, and you blatantly told me we are going to make this a career. We are going to uh, give you the opportunity to, to better yourself as a coach and, and be able to provide for yourself financially in order to do so. Yeah. And, and to me, that spoke volumes because that's exactly what had been missing from all the previous gyms that I had been at prior to communicating with you guys. Everything progressed. Next thing you know, we're sitting across the table at a sushi restaurant <laughs> talking about our lives. And two years later, I'm your head coach running all the programming and training clients one-on-one. -on -one. And I will never forget when Dr. Sean sent us that video because at the time we were talking to him about, hey, we're thinking about hiring our first full-time employee because prior to that, we've had great employees, but a matter of figuring out what needed to happen to make that a full-time salaried position like what goes into that right you know and on the last podcast sherry and i talked about the fact that like we we were not business people like we loved going to the gym we loved working out we loved helping people but as far as like running a business and like having employees yeah. it's been very much a screw it up and figure it out as you go kind right. of thing trial and error and we admit that we made a lot of mistakes right. so we get the video from dr sean and we watch the video and i'm like this dude's like 40 years old Easily. Oh, I was yeah. like, he's going to fit in perfectly here. So then when we called you and you're like, so I'm 22 and I'm a senior at UCF. I'm literally on the other side of the phone. I'm like, what? Things don't add up. Like, There's no way that this guy is only 22. I was like, this is fantastic. You're very mature for your age. You're very well-spoken. You're very professional. And all of that is very much what we were looking for. Like we're the, the hard part about, where we were versus where we are versus where we're going is going from that mentality of being a playground and hey we're here to be buddies and hang out and go drinking and do all of the things like that to being a professional business that helps people solve deeper problems yeah. and that's that's been a hard it's it's a culture change absolutely and you've seen part of it with us sure and have. and that's a hard culture change change to go through because I know you've been at previous gyms that had the the playground oh, yeah. kind of feel to it. Yep. And, and we were very much like that. Like, hey, this is super fun. Let's do this. Let's compete against each other. Let's go hang out and drink. And that makes us closer together. Right. But at the end of the day, we weren't helping people to the magnitude that we really felt like we wanted to. And it wasn't like our heart wasn't in that. Yeah, I, I definitely feel you, you spoke perfectly on that. Um, it, it quickly makes you realize what are we ultimately doing for the people that pay for our service? You know, like you said, at the end of the day, the relationships that we create are, are never forgetting. You know, those people are never going to be not in our lives or we're never going to see them at the publics again. You know, yeah. we live in the same community at yeah. the end of the day. Um, and, and like you just said, touching upon this is much deeper than just hanging out with your best friends on a Saturday long workout. This is how can we get you out of pain? How can we progress your life way further than we even think this could outside of the gym? Yeah. It's much deeper than did we have a good Saturday workout? Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny. One of our um, previous clients from a while ago just messaged Sherry and I the other day. And, you know, she said she's going through you know, a deep healing process herself, which is absolutely amazing. I'm super happy for her. But while going through that, she was like, I realized that the, the time period that I spent in your gym 
literally changed my life and changed my family's life. She's yeah. like, if you would have told me 10, 12 years ago that I would be getting up at 5.30 in the morning and going into my garage to work out, I would have told you that you're full of shit. Right. You know, she's like, and now my kids work out. She's like, that's something that I didn't have growing up. Yeah. So, and that's the power that we have as coaches is to literally take someone, kind of put them under our wing and educate them on movement, health, longevity, what it's going to take for you to be the best husband, wife, brother, sister, parent, mom, dad for forever. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about coming in and winning or whatever. Like yeah. we're, we're talking about serious life changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've got to take it to that level and, and, and express that sort of stress that you're putting on your body and, and what that means for you and how you need to progress through this correctly. Yeah. That's the key. Absolutely. So you, you come to us two years ago. No, two years ago. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And Not we didn't quick. even know that you and Sienna were going to be a package deal. Right. Y'all, y'all get to meet Sienna next week. She's, oh, yeah. we're going to have a great nutrition conversation, but we get this amazing package deal of the roses, the Mr. and Mrs. Now. Oh yeah. And when we brought you in, we had the idea of we wanted to groom you to be our head coach. Mm -hmm. And speak for a second as to what that job entails. It's not just walking around like pointing fingers and yelling right. at people. Like what does it mean to be a head coach at, we're going to call it our longevity gym. Absolutely. So I, I kind of have two perspectives, one in more of the description as to on paper, what that kind of entails and kind of the role that I've put myself in per se. Um, in regard to on paper, my role is to go and create all of our class programming as effectively and methodically as I can, um, which I'm sure we'll touch on that here in a second. Um, I also personally train 10 or so plus clients as well throughout the day. Um, and I'm a mentor with our coaches, getting them up to speed with classes, standards, um, exposure to some exercises that most gyms aren't even touching or getting near. Um, and I think that's what kind of sets us apart is having such a variety and such a specific way of going about things um, and having somebody that is there to mentor and, and explain and educate within to me is something that's so, so amazing. That's not something I had as I progressed through my six plus years of coaching. Um, and that's definitely something I wish that I, I had to simply ask questions to. Um, now the role that I kind of put on myself, I, I feel this is where we become an empire. In, in this facility, we have a lot of leaders and that's kind of the key to things. Uh, with this head coach position, this is a leadership role and I don't take that lightly. At the end of the day, the work, that, work ethic, the model, modeling that I'm going to show and, and the things that everyone's going to see is going to be amplified because I'm, I'm the one. I put myself in that position. Everyone looks to me, looks to you, looks to Mel, everyone that's here, but I hold a specific role and I don't carry that lightly. Uh, my standard is by all means high, but I'm also here to have a great time. You know, yeah. I'm all, always here to have a great time and joke around, but... When it comes down to business, there's a right and a wrong way to do things. Don't get me wrong. There's avenues that we can take around those right and wrong, but there's, there's definitely roles in which that I feel a leader holds and being able to educate and help those alongside you, not behind you is, is much, much more than, than I've ever received myself in coaching. Absolutely. And I love that. You know, um, let's talk about that for just a second, because I think that 
with the, the fitness industry being relatively young, right? It's, it's evolved from a time period of nobody worked out because everybody was super active. They were farmers. They all had very, very labor intensive jobs mm -hmm. into an area where we don't. So fitness is now becoming more of a forefront. Right. And, you know, especially since the pandemic hit and it's become even more aware that things like sedentary lifestyle, mental health, all of those things are now at the forefront of our health, right? Oh yeah. So people walk into any kind of traditional gym, whether it be a big box gym like a Bailey's or a Planet Fitness, or even a micro gym like a CrossFit gym, a, um, a boot camp, or an Orange Theory. Mm -hmm. And because the fitness world hasn't been taken super seriously over the past however many years, sometimes people have that tendency to be like, hey, this isn't a real job. You know, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to get a grown-up job? And we have been working hard to change that. So part of that coaching mentorship that, that we're speaking of, you know, people look at coaching like, oh, this isn't a hard job. Like, anybody can do this. Yep. You know, it's just, one, and once you're in a gym long enough, oh, I can teach squats, I can teach push-ups. You know, you're just telling people to go run. There's a difference between explaining the how and explaining the why. Big time. And... The, the why is what we have really been working really hard at for a while now. Like, explain the why. Coach the why. And, and it, that why applies to everything, not just movement. Like, lifestyle. Like, what is your why for why you work out? What is your why for wanting to, I don't know, go skydiving? Like, right. you, you, you have to have a why for everything. Why yeah. are you choosing to compete? Why are you choosing... If you just haphazardly do things, then you tend to not stick to them, mm -hmm. right? So for us, the hard part has been how do you build respect, trust, reputation as a coach? And like, how do we carry that on to our coaches? That's an interesting question. Um, I'll say this is, this is one that resonates very hard with me because I am so young. You know, like you said, I, I try to hold myself to a standard where I do get viewed maturely and I do get viewed professionally. Um, but as soon as you hear that I'm 24, it's like, oh, well, he can't be doing this long. Right. It's like well, when you walk into the doctor's office and your doctor looks like they could be your kid and you're right. like, what the hell do you know? Exactly. Exactly. How are you going to help me? You know, and I, I'm to the point where I've been coaching for six, six and a half years. I have a degree in bachelor or bachelor's degree in exercise science. You know, this isn't, this wasn't a joke for me. You know, yeah. like you said, there's, I think this industry is flooded with hobbyists, mm -hmm. you know, and at the end of the day, I, I would say a majority of facilities, small or large, have somebody that's coming out of their full-time job to walk into their gym and then do that part-time. And that's 100%. not our case. No. And I think that's kind of the difference. Um, for me, the setback for me has kind of been my age. You know, I, I do think I speak pretty well. I, I love talking to people and I could carry on a conversation with the wall for 30 minutes if I needed to. <laughs> um, but that only gets you so far. Yeah. At the end of the day, everyone can pretty much read through your bullshit. Yeah. If you know what you're talking about, you know what you're talking about. If you don't, you don't. And it's very, very evident. And there have been times where I've gone on tangents as to how the arches in your feet affect your back squat for 30 plus minutes. Why? Did I need to go that de deep? Probably not. But 
my explanation and my ability to dive into that explanation with that questionable and almost untrusting client that's new for mine, for me, that 30 minute explanation was what they needed because I understood the type of person that they were. They needed that explanation. They needed to know that I knew what I was talking about in order to buy into what I needed them to do. Absolutely. And I have other clients where I can say, all right, drop down, give me 20. And there's no question. I'll just, I'll roll around if you want me to, like (laughs) I'll do it. Um, So I'd say knowing your shit, you know, and, and, and if you don't know, that's fine. And being able to admit that I'd say takes more out of somebody to be able Mm -hmm. to admit than trying to talk for an hour, two hours on something that you actually have no idea about. Yeah, I full-heartedly believe that if someone is a true professional, they say, I don't know, yep. as much as they actually give you an answer. I don't yep. know, but I'll find out. I, I don't know, but I'll find someone that does know. I think I've said, it depends, or yeah. let me check in on that a hundred times to the same people over and over again. Absolutely, and that adds to our ability to learn. Like if we look at this thing from a growth mindset, that we always, we can always be learning. There's always someone that knows more than us. Yep. Always. As soon as you believe that you know more than everybody else, you're done. Yep. You're, you're absolutely done. So as far as our coaches and what you provide mentorship wise to them, you know, um, watching them in classes, watching them coach, watching them speak, watching them move. And then providing them feedback. Now, when we talk about feedback, we're not just saying like, you suck. Yep. You did that wrong. You need to speak better. Pull your pants up. Which is easy to do, unfortunately. (laughs) There is a, number one, when you're a coach, there there is a smell the part, look the part. Like, we we just check those off the box at the top. Like, wear the proper clothes. Don't smell like a foot. Yep. You're good to go. As far as how a class is effectively coached. You know, we're talking about how personal training is effectively coached and programmed, and each one is different. Yep. And your ability to read the room, quote unquote, is, is a really big part of it. So if, like, if I have one person that I'm training, it's really easy to read the room. Yep. Like, they come in, I see them two, three times a week, something's wrong with yep. Joe. We need to spend a little bit more time talking about what's wrong. Um, when you have a class, you're standing in front of 15 people and you're trying to quickly read the room. How do we do that? Like, how do we evaluate our coaches and get them to a professional standard? That's not just, Hey, this coach is going to tell you how to do that and hit a button and say three, two, one, go explain for everybody how, how we go about that. I would say the beauty is you can find your own style in doing it. And I think that's what sets each coach apart. You know, you're going to have different relationships with different people from coach to coach. Um, but the ability to kind of make small talk and and just communicate genuinely with people that are in your class, I'd say is a huge part of that. It doesn't have to be super, super deep. I will say most people that come to your gym are relatively open books. They feel, for the most part, comfortable in the space that they're in or they probably wouldn't be there Um I think simply asking gets you a lot farther than you think. Uh, I know a lot of people, whenever they come in, I'm very energetic. I try to kind of match the energy that they come in with. So if it's not up to my level, something's going down, you know, and I may wander over them while we're going through the warm up, and they're already over in the corner by themselves. Hey, everything okay today? 
how you how you doing? You ready for these back squats? Yeah. You know, I mean, nothing necessarily. Hey, how's your aunt doing? I heard she's not doing well in the hospital. Right. I don't need to know that information unless she wants to. He or she gives me that. Right. But it is my job to check on that person and make sure one they're in the right headspace to safely go about what we have them doing today, yeah. and two. It allows me to see where they are right here, right now, and explain to them ahead of time, hey, we may need to adjust some things. Yeah. We may need to adjust some volumes, some movements to appropriate what we're doing with what's going on in your life right now. Mm -hmm. So I'd say the way of going about and getting communication out of your members, ask. Don't yeah. be afraid to ask. At the end of the day, we hold that leadership role in that class setting, and if they don't want to talk, you at least asked. You did your due diligence. Right. You're not their therapist, but if they want to be, if they yeah, want to have, they, a, they need a, have a session, you got to go times. through what you got to go there's through. There's been times, right? You know, and and I think that that furthers the relationship that you have with your member bases as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, checking in throughout the class. You know, we're gonna go through some movements. How's everybody's shoulders feeling? Yep. And really paying attention to like, hey, Susie's shoulders. She keeps rubbing that right shoulder. Susie, what's going on with your shoulder? Right. Like, what do I need to know that you're not telling me? Because, you know, sometimes people don't want, people want to, excuse me, people don't want to be a burden. Mm -hmm. Even though that's our job. Right. They're paying for that like, service. Like, you're literally, you're walking into our space and this is what we do for a living. Like, right. this is our career. And we're extremely passionate about it. And at the end of the day, we're here to help. Right. You know, I don't want you to just walk in here and not tell me what's going on, create your own workout because you have X, Y, and Z happening. Like, I wanna know. Right. Our coaches wanna know. And they all wanna help. And I think that that's where our team exemplifies that professionalism in, you have to tell me what's going on because I want to help. Right. And everyone on our team feels that exact same way, which is- 100%. Which is huge. For us to all be on that same level, you don't find that very often. Right. It's a really big deal. And you know, this is also where we talk about commitment and communication from both parties. Because if there's, if, if I'm walking around a room and I'm saying, you know, we're talking about arches and feet for 30 minutes and explaining why this is important for a back squat. And you're looking at me like I have four heads and they're all purple. And like I'm an idiot. Then we have a problem. Right. You know, like. The communication between coach and client is really, really important. Like if I'm asking how that feels and you're not telling me how that feels, or I'm going out of my way as a coach to be like, I need you to do this. And your response is, yeah, but that doesn't feel right and I go faster doing this. Then we have a, we have a miscommunication between, between coach. And then oh, yeah. what ultimately happens is we have a trust barrier. Yep. Right? At the, as it boils down, like I can stand here and you and I can both spew out anatomical, internal, yep. external, femurs, humeruses, blah, what blah, blah, like to know? all day long. But to Susie, what she needs to know is, hey, spread your feet apart three inches, keep yep. your chest up. Hey, when you go to do this step up, lean forward for me a little bit. I mean, she doesn't need to know about right. her hamstring, whatever. But at the same time, what Susie does need to know is, hey, if you do it like this, you will recruit this better and you'll actually get out of this movement what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where we've really been working hard to elevate our staff for the why. 
Yep. And like when we talk about the why, that's really what we're talking about. Like, hey, we're going to do these step ups. I remember we went through a step up cycle. Oh, yes. And everybody threw a fit. Yep. Because number one, we made them do it, do it slow. Yep. And we had to overemphasize why we are doing mm -hmm. this step up. Like I cannot emphasize enough your right versus left strength. This is actually a squatting pattern movement. Yep. If you have trouble doing it on your right leg, your right leg still has trouble when you back squat on two feet, but yep. your left leg's covering up for it. The so pattern is the same. When we start talking about that why, that's really what we've done a deep dive into oh, with yeah. our staff. Oh yeah, right? that's, that's been a big, big part of the things that we discuss in our meetings. Um, I'd say activation and intention are, are a little bit more synonymous to what we were talking about in our why. And the key to it is knowing your stuff. Yeah. If you don't know that your quads attach on the crest of your pelvis, cross over your cap, and attach on your tibia, how do you know that's what's limiting some of your motion? Mm -hmm. You don't know that. Yeah. You know, and, and you've got to have some anatomy knowledge to be able to do so. And again, this is where my role is such a big role. Absolutely. Because this is something that I didn't have. The luxury I had was the college courses I went through. Right. You know, and if I can basically give somewhat of a synopsis of the four years I went to college for in a, in a little bit of a can, meaning. Do you have bullet points for this? Right. I got can a couple I, PowerPoints can I, I can dig Cliff out. Notes, <laughs> you know, and if I can give them a little bit of that knowledge to help our coaches give our members a little bit more insight as to what the intention is, how this needs to be activated, and why it needs to be activated this specific way. Who's going to question that? Yeah. You have all the information. The trust is there. I've laid it out in front of you. You either agree and are going to do it, or we are. Yeah. Or you just want to blow through it to get it done and then right. complain about it later. And so, then what's that person's intention? Exactly. And what we go back to our why. Yep. So this has been a huge help for Sherry and I because as business owners, what we, what we really try to do is clone ourselves. Right, so we've had amazing conversations with you about our vision, mm -hmm. and you are 100% on board with our vision. And from the moment that we met you and that day that we took you to V Pizza, yay, V Pizza, by the way. <laughs> um, and we sat down with you, and we were very honest. We were very clear. We're like, listen, this is the direction that we're heading. Mm -hmm. This is our vision. Just tell us if you're in or you're out. And that was the great part about you were very honest with us. We were very honest and transparent with you. Yep. This is where we're heading. And it's worked out beautifully because you've seen what we see. Yeah. And that's really been a big obstacle for all of us is that we see something that maybe we're just really far ahead yeah. of people. And we see things that people aren't seeing just yet. And we say this a lot. Everyone will see. Right. Right. It's the, the time is coming that... People will understand that connective tissue is important. I mean, yeah. not everybody knows what the hell connective tissue is. We'll, we'll just tell you it's important. Come on by. I'll let you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, you, if you like your shoulder feeling really good and being able to lift things overhead, then you value your connective tissue. Oh, yeah. Right? So a big part of our professionalism and leveling up and taking this gym and building an empire has been our programming. Mm -hmm. And we've been in a lot of meetings about it and oh, what, yeah. what we deeply believe is that 
we want this programming to be uniquely us. Oh yeah. Right. Um, we go in a, the way our gym works is we go into in a, basically a cyclical fashion. Everybody that walks in the door starts with a full joint assessment and personal training. Once we finish with personal training and you're confident and competent, you ascend into our ascend class, which is half individualized programming, half group. And then we offer the option of moving one more time into our fully group class that we call built. Yep. Right. So let's talk about this programming and what we want it, what we wanted it to look like, mm -hmm. why we believe it's important for longevity. So this is, this has been a long progression into what exactly we wanted this to look like. You know, this has not been a, a weekend where we sat down for an hour and boom, this has been the perfect program and it's yeah. still not perfect, no. you and know, which, and it never will I think, be. I think people believe that like once you've worked out long enough, you believe that you can throw together these amazing workouts, which is what we call the any asshole program. Yep. Like, I'll get you tired. Don't yep, worry. Any asshole can throw together a hard workout and make you sweat and lay on the floor. Absolutely. But can that same program progress you in such a way that when you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, you feel like a badass and you're thriving? Mm -hmm. That's what we're looking for. I think ultimately where we're getting to with this is can your nervous system handle it? Can your joints handle it? And ultimately, I think it has to be fun. You have to enjoy doing this. This isn't something ultimately that everyone wants to do. We're all a little bit crazy here. Just a little for bit. For a good reason. Just a little bit. Because we see the priority in this type of movement. Mm -hmm. This is much different. So we've got landmines, we've got one and a quarter reps, we've got drop sets, cluster sets, isometrics, plyometrics. We are diving into everything. Everything we've learned in the years of trial and error, educating from certifications and other mentors that we'd have to seek out ourselves. This is ultimately, and I'm pointing at our whiteboard here, ultimately what we've come up with in regard to our vision. This is something that we feel needs to be progressive and attainable for any walk of life, especially once they go through our personal training programs Absolutely. with each of our coaches. And once we get into our group setting, this is a generalized program. And I think that's the key. Generalized programming doesn't fix individualized issues. Correct. And that's where this all kind of started. Where we kind of begin is the rotational aspects of movement patterns. We cannot consistently vary things all over the place. We cannot come in on Monday, build to a heavy three rep bench press to then on Tuesday, do 150 burpee box jumps to then on Wednesday, do ring pushups. Mm -hmm. It's not attainable. It's too much volume. And if somebody brand new, even after going through some personal training, comes into our group class and does three days of high volume horizontal pushing work, we're going to have an issue. Majorly. The elbow is going to break down. The shoulder is going to break down. The wrist may break down. It, it all goes down the links of the chain. Yeah. We as coaches have a duty, one, to ensure they're going about that movement safely. That's one way to reduce some of that. But two, where I think a lot of gyms are lacking, is programming. Yeah. This is ultimately part of the service that we provide 
as the entirety of the gym. And if we don't spend a good amount of time methodically going about volumes, rotating movement patterns, and ensuring that we aren't hitting the same exact things all over the place all month, yeah, then we're doing good. And you know, there's, there's a secret in the number. You know, you don't just, if you throw out 50 or 100, there better be a reason mm -hmm. for 50 and 100. Mm -hmm. If you're throwing out five or six, there's a reason for five or six. Now, we all know that there are people that walk into a class and they're like, you're giving me all these stupid rubber band exercises. What is this, physical therapy? Let me tell you something. I've done some of my worst freaking workouts with a red rubber band. Oh, yes. If you understand muscle activation, if you have done this thing right, if you have listened to your coach, you should be fully, act we're going to call it fully activated. Oh, yo, you're activated all right. <laughs> I'm not going to say smash because you shouldn't be smashed. Right. Right. You shouldn't leave the gym feeling crushed. You nope. should leave the gym feeling good. And that's been another, that's another conversation we'll have just here in a minute. But when we look at, you program a month at a time, you and I are sitting in the office right now looking at this whiteboard <laughs> and we're looking at March and we literally have, what are these eight foot whiteboards? Yep. We have 16 feet of whiteboards <laughs> and we have the entire month written up here. And, um, I don't know for, for you guys that have seen the movie, a beautiful mind with Russell Crowe. It's kind of what it looks like. <laughs> There's numbers and, and movement and eccentric control and rounds and reps and there's just to us we know what this is somebody were to walk in here it looks like a cluster and like oh yeah this oh, is you chinese just, you just randomly threw things on the board but right. there, it's not random not even close there not is a close. rhyme and a reason to everything and the hard part about when we start programming progressive overload is that sure every monday we're doing a bent over row the numbers change, the rep changes, the way it feels changes, but there's a reason why progressive overload works. Yep. There's a reason. There's a reason why we also program it at a tempo and not just blow through it to blow through it. That's where we start talking about connective tissue. Oh yeah. You know, if we want this thing to be a total picture of health and longevity, that's what it's got to look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd say... The difference between our program and, I, I hate to speak on it, a traditional CrossFit programming is variance. The average and general population doesn't need the variance. They need to progressively repeat particular movement patterns that are rotated specifically so they can get better at them. Yeah. If I have you do a back squat the first Monday of the month and you don't do another back squat just like that of the same intention with we'll say an eight out of 10 RPE with a tempo or, or a cluster set, we'll say to over get over your threshold. And then next month we just do some air squats. That's not the same. Not the same. You're not progressing through the same type of intensity, same type of movement pattern. Yeah, you did an air squat and a back squat in regard to the pattern, it's the same, but the intention, the activation and the reasoning behind it is so much different. And the way it hits your central nervous system, the way, I mean, it's, yep. there's a rhyme and a reason. Right? So we'll, we'll take Monday since we already, since we already spoke on it and we have a bent over row. 
It is a bent over row every single Monday and we progress through it very specifically. We have members that enjoy the pump that they get as they go through their strength portions, as do I. And so in order to create that intensity that they are looking for, we're doing a drop set. The first week it progresses and starts with 4.4. They'll do four reps, take some weight off, four more reps. From there, we progress into the second week where they do four, take some weight off, three, take some weight off, two, take some weight off, and ultimately one. And what that's doing is that's adding a little bit more reps. We progress from eight reps to 10 reps, but the intensity is much, much higher, and the intention is to beat or match the weight that you did last week. Very specific. We're not just throwing weight around and seeing what we can get to every single week. We have intentions behind this. The following week, you do six reps, take some weight off, four reps, take some weight off, two reps. Now we're at 12 reps. We're adding volume to either match the same weight or we're trying to beat that same weight to add a little bit more strength. It depends on what your emphasis is. And in a generalized program and with generalized people in a group setting, ultimately they have to make that intention or that specific intention as to what they need most. Now in personal training, that's much different. You're coming to us for that guidance. I will explain to you and educate you as to what you need most. But in a generalized program, you need progressive overload. You need repetition. You need to recruit motor units in these movement patterns in order to move more fluidly, more effectively, and more optimally. Absolutely. And that's the key. And you know, when we talk about these drop sets, we're not talking about do four reps, walk around for three right. minutes, and then do the other four. We're talking about do four reps, strip the weight off, and put your hands back on right the bar. We're talking about a 10, 20 second rest. Right. Right. And what's great about this is let's say that I talked to Joe on that first Monday of the month about bent over row and number one, what it needs to look like, why we're doing it, what muscles we're using. We start talking about shoulder blade movement. Week number one, he's a little sketchy on it. Mm -hmm. We come back on week number two, he remembers the conversation that we had a week ago and now he gets to use it again. Mm-hmm. By the time we get, hopefully, to week three or four, he's like, oh, remember how two weeks ago we talked about you wanted me to use this muscle? I finally feel it there. Yep. Now I'm using the right thing. I'm not overloading the wrong muscle group. I'm not creating an unnecessary injury with either tendonitis or whatever because I'm over-recruiting something that's not supposed to. It's an excellent program for muscle fiber activation in a proper in a proper mechanical way, motor recruitment patterns. Oh yeah. I hear, I hate to go on a tangent, I hear a lot that the intention and the lack of understanding from members from the explanation of the coach is ultimately the coach's fault. I'll ultimately agree with that, but I'll say it's due to the programming that people are used to, that excessive variance. Say we have this variation of Ben over Barbell Row on the 5th of this month, and then the 20th of the same month, we just do another random variance of a Ben over Row. How are we getting better at that? By us being able to go through the same variation of a Ben over Row with the same intention throughout the entirety of the month, very similar to what you just touched on, 
My cues may be very specific in the first week because I have to tell you the how and the why, plus we got to talk about other things, yada, yada, yada. Week two, you already have a little bit of an understanding. Not only are you progressing with the activation and the recruitment of motor units, but my cues can progress with you. And I think this is the biggest point in coaching. Each week that we come in here, if we do something different, how are we going to get better? And how am I going to see that progression as their, quote unquote, Sherpa, their coach? Mm -hmm. If we do the same things each week in months at a time, say we do this bent over row by week four, maybe your elbows aren't flaring as much. And that's not even a cue I have to tell you anymore. But Susie on the other side of the room may. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of it is, one, you can see that progression and be able to express that progression that you're seeing from that member, which is ultimately building your relationship. And two, it's giving you more tools in your box and a little bit more of a, an expression from the coach to say, hey, you are progressing. Your elbows aren't flaring out like they were. Now, let's focus on this. This is where our intention is. 100%. So we're not just progressing in the movement. We're not just progressing in the weight. We're progressing in how we specifically move. Absolutely. Ultimately, the quality of the movement is what we're searching for. And it's more, more understanding we can have around that. I think the more holistic of an experience our members and coaches have in that transitional period of progressing month to month for movements. Yeah, absolutely. And once you understand the why behind the movement, the muscle activation, the rep schemes, the whole nine yards, you're not looking to just come to the gym and die. Yes. Right. Just, just give me something really super hard, beat the tar out of me. Let me lay on the ground in a pile of my own goo. And then I'll just feel better <laughs> about what I did today. Yep. Like this is, this is the exact reason why myself at age 42, Sherry at age 51 are seeing results. Mm-hmm. Because it's not varied. It's progressively getting us to a point to where, I mean, I don't, I used to write down all of my stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I could tell you from top to bottom what all my stuff was. Same as my phone number, my address. Right. I knew it like the back of my hand. You want to know my friend time, my back squat, my deadlift, my clean and jerk, whatever. Yep. I have no idea how much I can back squat these days. I don't know. I just cyclist front squatted today. And all I know is it was heavier than what I did two weeks ago. Right. And it felt good. That's, that was my day today. Yep. Had I walked in, let's say that maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night. Maybe two weeks ago, I felt like I was on top of the world. Hormones play a factor, especially, especially for women of our age. You know, we have days where we literally just feel mm. So some days I feel like I'm on steroids, which I'm not. Oh, by the way, <laughs> let me just throw that out there. I'm not on steroids. But some days you feel like you are, you feel super strong. Other days you don't. And that's also the beauty of this program is that you're not chasing max numbers oh, yeah. anymore. So, you know, we talked about the goal is to progress in weight, but we're talking like five pounds. Right. Right? Like My hey, listen, new changes. Yeah. What I did... Two weeks ago for my cyclist front squat, this week for my cyclist front squat, I literally did five pounds heavier. Yep. And that was it. But progression is progression. Progression is progression. It moved in a way that's going to make me stronger. My joints feel really good. I'm going to sleep well tonight. I'm not going to toss and turn because my back hurts or I smashed myself and I can't hardly walk. Mm -hmm. 
that's the ultimate goal, right? So when we start talking about progressive overload versus variance, someone who walks in the gym who hasn't worked out in 10 years, who's like, I got to get my shit together. Those people, it doesn't really matter what you throw at them because they're going to see results. Oh, yeah. And they're going to see them really fast. Their weightlifting is going to improve really quickly because their tissue is like absorbing all of yep. it. Like It's brand new. They have to adapt to everything. Bring me the things. Yep. In their body, they're, they're shedding weight. They're progressing up in their movement. They're getting faster. And they're like, oh, my God. I feel amazing. Take people like us that have been working out for... 10, 15, 20 years. Well, you're not even that old yet. No, no, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. You're not, that, you're not even that old yet. So those of us have been working out for a long time, that variance isn't going to work. Yeah. If I squat here, press there, deadlift there, it's my, my numbers, I'm going to be super frustrated. Mm -hmm. Because at some point, I'm, unless I follow some sort of specific strength program my numbers are going to stall out. Like I remember at one point I was like, I haven't PR'd my back squat in five years. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I was, I couldn't, I literally couldn't. But now that I don't care, all I want to do is feel good. Mm -hmm. My numbers are, I don't know what my back squat one rep max is, but I know I can back squat and I feel really good. Right. And that's what's important to me. I would say the drug quickly switches from how can I sweat, how can I be sore, how can I push myself to the closest brink of my threshold that I can to how can I depress my shoulder blade so it's flat up against my ribs as I go for a ring support hold. Mm -hmm. How can I activate my lats? a little bit better more optimally so whenever I do bench my elbows don't flare out and then I get some pain in the knuckles of them how much deeper can we dive into the functionality and the specifics of motion to alleviate problems that are much larger than the one that you feel doing a 30-minute workout to lay on the floor is ultimately what some people think is more beneficial yeah absolutely and I want to take a second to um, brag on our girl, Rachel, who just got her first trick pull-up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yesterday? Yesterday. Or day, or when did we have pull-ups? Or was it? It may have been, let's see, last Thursday. Uh, no, she did no? something this week. I just saw her, maybe it was Wednesday. I don't remember. But she made a post in our group that she got her first strict pull-up. Mm -hmm. Now... We had had people who had been members in our gym for a long time who wanted to do pull-ups. They would learn how to kip them. And we'd be like, hey, listen, you should probably do those strict before you kip them. Yeah. It's a lot healthier on your shoulders. And they're like, yeah, but yeah. I really want to do pull-ups. You know, I want to be able to do pull-ups and workouts. And if I kip them, I can do them. Not great on your shoulders because yeah. not only do you not have the concentric strength to get up there, you also don't have the, the more important part of the pull-up to me, is the eccentric strength on the way down because that's if you can't control that on the way down, we're just shredding we're just tissue. We're dropping pieces. into it. Yep. And that's where torn labrums happen. Oh, yeah. So we would preach strict pull-ups, strict pull-ups, strict pull-ups. Well, people were not getting them. No. Our girl Rachel set out on a mission about a year and a half or so ago 
that she's going to get a strict pull up. Mm -hmm. So she really applied our strength, like took it super seriously. To a T. To a T. And got her first, not only her first one, she get she did three. Wow. That day. She walked into the gym that night, gave her a huge hug, congratulated her. Sherry goes, I want to see it. <laughs> Unwarmed up, of course. Right. She was like, show me. <laughs> Unwarmed up. Rachel walks in, grabs a bar, and does a strict pull-up. Yep. Like, out of nowhere. Yeah. And it was the freaking coolest thing I've ever... Like she'd been doing it for, for years. Been a coach of. Right. And, I mean, I, I love seeing people do that. Yeah. Like, things... And she's... Don't get me wrong... Rachel is a very young 44, but she's not 18. Right. So it's not like she just is a kid who walked in off the street. No, she's a mother of of two amazing kids, Um, wife to Andy, who's a member here as well, and he's fantastic. They do, their whole family loves it here. And to see someone progress in that manner and suddenly bust out a strict pull-up, especially for a woman, that's such a huge accomplishment. Yep. I would like to say in regard to Rachel, one, fantastic job. Two, my question to her would be, what do you feel got you that pull-up? Was it doing pull-ups every single day after class? Was it all the horizontal pulling to strengthen your lats and the ability to pull the shoulder blade down to initiate that pull-up? Or was it just sheer luck? Yeah. And you know what's funny is if we're Rachel, if Rachel were sitting here in this room right now, I'm sure her answer would be, I don't know. It just it just <laughs> happened. I can just see her being like, I just did what they told me to do. Right. And here it is. What I loved about her post is she's like, you know, I've been pushing myself on the strength portions. Yeah. Which is really, so if we're speaking longevity, I'm not sure how many of you have witnessed people age, but I know I speak about my grandparents a lot because for me, it was a very emotional thing to watch. I know a lot of you have parents that are going through that right now. Watching people age and seeing the things that they are physically unable to do that we take for granted every day. Stairs, curbs, cars, chairs. Big one. Big one. Like if you've ever seen someone have to rock like three times in order to stand up, they're trying to rock into their quads to stand up because their glutes and hamstrings literally no longer function. Yep. They don't have access. That's that whole like if you don't use it, you lose it is 100% true. Thousand percent. So when we've sat down and had our meetings about longevity, that's been really our big focus. Like even... I mean, speak to the fact that you're 24 years old and we're talking about longevity. It's, right, right. <laughs> I, I'd like to hope I have a ways to go. Um, yeah, speaking on family, I, I resonate with that wholeheartedly. You know, my grandfather sits in a recliner all day to the point where his recliner has a button that will lift his seat to get him to a standing position. Yeah. His overall movement is to the bathroom and back a couple times a day. He'll be brought a plate, he'll be brought his breakfast, coffee, everything. You know, we love him to death and we, we care for him, but how much of our care is also killing him? Yeah. You know, I'm the oddball of my family and I'm more than happy with that. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. I know, I know how that feels. Um, 
longevity is is something you don't know when is going to end. You don't know when your time is coming, and I think that's that's our ultimate driver is you don't know when your life could be taken and you can't take that for granted. And I think what we do here, I don't want to say lessens that from happening because ultimately you never know what's going to happen in life, but we're taking a step toward the direction in, in lessening it and in reducing what ailments may happen down the road. Yeah, absolutely. We're reducing arthritis. We're reducing lung conditions. We're reducing diabetes. We're we're doing much different things than getting you to 315 on your back squat. True story. Yeah. Longevity has nothing to do with how much weight is on your barbell. Because if I ask you to do 500-pound back squats, how long are you going to do those? Mm -hmm. Ask Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. How was his hip? How was his knee? Yeah, there's a risk. There's you know, it's risk. there's there's so many opportunities for everyone to take a step ahead. It's just whether you want to prioritize it or not. Mm-hmm. True story. And you know, I think we all get so stuck on the that will never happen to me, and the things that we actually prioritize, as far as like, hey, I'm losing my engine. Yeah. Hey, I'm losing my strength. Well, it depends. It depends on your why. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Listen, what, what are you wanting to use? How much engine do you need? Right. How much strength do you need? Now, when I'm talking about need. Yeah. I'm not talking about want. Like, if you ask me what I want, what I want and what I need are very different. Very different. I mean, I want a bajillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't everybody. Yeah. Right? What I need is enough to feed myself and survive. Right. Right? So... If we're talking about being healthy and longevity, what I need is a healthy heart. I need strength to get up and down stairs. I need strength to sit and stand. I need the ability to be able to go out into my daily life and do and do what I want to do, which is I want to be able to mow my hellacious, awful yard that's not flat with my push mower. Of course. And... Not break my leg because if there's a ditch, there's a pond. It's it's not good. It's like the hardest workout I do all week is mow my flipping yard. It's worse. It sucks. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to take care of my house and my car on my own. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to take care of this gym on like with you guys on my own two feet. Yep. Right? I want to be able to pick up weight and carry it from one side to the other. When everybody's like, hey, we're rearranging. Right. Cool, let's rearrange. Start. Right? Three, two, one, go. You know, those are the things I want to be able to do without really having to think about it. Yep. That now, independency. If, if I liked running, which I don't, maybe I would want to go out and do like one of those fun little 5K runs. But right. I, if, listen, if you see me running down the street, you better start running too because yeah. we're in a lot of trouble. Um, but if I want to be able to go out and play golf... I have the flexibility and, mobi- and mobility to still play golf that I haven't played in about four years. Yeah. You know, so wants versus needs is very different. And I think people confuse those two things big time. And they yeah. walk into the gym and they're like, I want to be able to deadlift 500 pounds. I want to be able to back squat 350. Why? How about you need to be able to pick something up off the ground safely? 
You need to be able to sit and stand. You need to be able to step up on a box or on a step. Those are things you need. Now, granted, when you come into the gym, you're also going to want to do some of those wants. Of course. Where do we draw a line? I think the line is drawn on safety versus efficacy. Ah, good point. Risk, risk versus reward? Yep. At what point do you look at somebody and it's very clear and you say, mm, I think we should take some weight off the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I think you should not be upside down. Right. You yep. know relatively immediately and not necessarily as the person doing the exercise, you know as a coach if something is out of place or at least you should. Yes. You yep. can visually see when it's too much weight, when you're, there's a loss of core engagement, when one muscle group is not being activated like needed in a lunge pattern or something, you as a coach can see the deviation from what ultimately the biomechanics should look like. Yeah. But it's our job to make that statement, keyword being statement, not asking, hey, you're in over your head. True story. And sometimes it's a little punch to the gut, maybe even the heart for some people, but sometimes that's exactly what you need to hear. And although we have fantastic relationships with somebody, I hate to say this, I'm happy to ruin a relationship to ensure you didn't hurt yourself. Absolutely, because at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to make sure that you make it home to your yep. wife and kids yep. or your husband and kids or whatever you're going yep. home to, your dogs, your cats, your parents. Yep. It's our job to make sure you get there safely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Coach, it's been an honor speaking with you today. I love it. For anyone that's on social media, where can they find you? Um, I am on Instagram. I'll have to look up what my Instagram is. Oh, come on. Facebook, all that. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, it's a ton of underscores because I got an ordinary name and numbers and exclamation points. I think it's A underscore Rose. I want to say it's... A dot rose underscore underscore. There we go. That's what my go. Instagram is. Feel free to give me a follow. I'll accept it because you know I'm private. <laughs> so until next time. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. It's been day. a pleasure. Let's do it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ferrum Athletic Company podcast. If you like the show, please leave us a review, share it with your family and friends, share it on your social media platforms. Our mission is to build better humans through the education of health and movement. If this resonates with you, please shoot us an email at forged at ferrumathletico.com. Follow us on social media, Facebook or Instagram at ferrumathletico, and we will see you all soon. Thank you for helping us to build better humans. What's up, farmers? Welcome to episode number seven, lucky number seven of the Farm Athletic Company podcast. And my special guest for today is the beautiful Sienna Rose. Yes. <laughs> now of, I am flowers. <laughs> as of two weeks now? I think so. You guys have been married yeah. officially two weeks. Hey, you made it two weeks. Congratulations. I know. It's weird. <laughs> it, it is kind of weird, actually. Yeah. I'm like, nothing's changed, but a lot has changed. I don't know. Uh, all the things have changed. Yeah. So what I'd really like to start with is how we got so lucky with 
you and Aaron being a package deal that we didn't even know was a package deal. Mm. We, I talked with Aaron about this last week. And when you guys, first of all, we didn't even know you existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron waited until like, I don't know, like the 10th hour to be like, hey, can I bring my girlfriend to dinner? Mm. And we're like, you have a girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we had been talking with Aaron and we're in the process of bringing him here to hire him. And we were like, are you, who are you moving here with? Mm-hmm. And he mentioned you and you come to dinner with us and tell us where we went from there. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny because I think from the very first second that he heard of Ferrum, he was like, you know, I was, I was part of the process the whole time for sure. Um, but I remember he came to Jacksonville for like a weekend mm-hmm. and, um, you know, stayed in a hotel like for a night or so and saw the gym, like, um, shadowed a little bit and was like, I love it. Like, you know, raving. And so, um, he came home and then I think it was like a weekend or two following. We both came and it was just for the day because he had already like committed to the job. Right. And so we were searching for apartments, <laughs> like That's driving right. all yep. over Jacksonville. Um, didn't know any, like didn't know the area at all. Um, and we finished our day with sushi, which we both were happy about. <laughs> we love sushi. Um, we ate all the sushi that night. There yeah. were, the people serving us just kept bringing it. Like, do you guys ever like stop eating? Uh, yeah. I, mean, I was like, oh no, I'm kind of nervous. I'm like, it's all you can eat. And I do nutrition. So, <laughs> but, um, awkward. yeah, I remember Sherry brought her daughter. I was like, okay, like definitely, um, felt we both well I mean Aaron had already met you guys but felt very comfortable from the start um and you know I remember when he moved he moved to Jacksonville like a week or two before I did because I was finishing out my jobs in Orlando um and then when I did end up you know getting to Jacksonville I was like so can I like go to your gym like you know and and do I need to sign up for (laughs) a membership yeah like you know, I'm here too, but, um, I'm just, you know, I'm just a person. I'm not yet like, you know, part of the gym. So I was, um, you know, it's, it was a weird like dynamic because Aaron was the new coach. So everyone's like, who's that guy, you know, (laughs) but then I'm the new girl and people didn't really know our relationship. So, you know, they would be, people would come up to me and, and introduce themselves just thinking I was like a new member and then um, when I would say I was from Orlando, they're like, what brought you here? And I'm like, Coach Aaron. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like putting two and two together. <laughs> like we had no idea. Yeah, so it was funny to see people, like, kind of connect the dots um, over time. Um, you know, I'm trying to think how I did get started with nutrition. I mean, I, I, I think just in conversations, like, told you guys that my full-time job was remote um, nutrition coaching and there were a lot of people interested in nutrition at our gym but no real like program or process for that yeah um and so yeah I talked to you guys and I talked to um the people who I work for remotely just about like how I could make it work because um you know I think for me I'm I also like see it as a big you know 
area of like focus that people are really confused about and mm-hmm. you know are approaching in ways that actually aren't the best for them and yeah um, absolutely you know even if just like a conversation can help I was like I want to do it so um you know we we figured out a way to kind of make it work and we created from there a workbook because um just with again like my remote job it needed to be in person and and you know paper and pen kind of thing so I was like okay how can we make this like legit but not like so tedious that it's you know um not worth it I guess right so we created a workbook um and kind of put together all of like the nutrition education and um food Mm -hmm. log biofeedback log um and kind of got started from there yeah and if we go back to you know when you guys moved here and you were coming into the gym and you were working out and I remember Sherry and I looking at Aaron and we're like, does she coach? Like, Mm. has she coached? Like, you have coached? And Mm. he's like, yeah, she has some. It's like, then we were comfortable approaching you saying, hey, would you like to help us with our group classes? Mm. Like, every now and then. Because at that that point in time, we had known that your full-time job was online nutrition coaching, Mm -hmm. which you work for a great company. What's the name of your company? SD Evolution. Yes. Mm -hmm. And... You do remote stuff with them, Mm -hmm. right? And so we didn't want to, number one, step on their toes. Number Mm -hmm. two, consume more of your time, Mm -hmm. right? We wanted it to be, we need help. You're good. We want this to work. We don't want to overwhelm you. And Mm -hmm. it it works. It's worked out perfectly. Yeah. As far as you help us with our group classes, Mm -hmm. um, everybody adores you, which is, (laughs) I mean, impossible like if you were to meet Sienna she's easily (laughs) Um, when we started we knew that nutrition for us was a big gap Mm -hmm. but let's let's start here Um, actually before we dive deep into nutrition I want to go back to your coaching Mm -hmm. one of the things that I feel that you have to offer that is very unique that I don't think many people understand that you offer is your pre and postnatal Mm -hmm. training Mm -hmm. you have your certification in this yeah And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that certification because Mm -hmm. I've never had kids personally, but Mm -hmm. we work with a ton of women who have, you know, our coaches on staff, Sherry, Mel, Rachel's pregnant. Mm -hmm. For females having children, this is not like you just have a baby and that was super easy. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, you're talking about a really big life-changing thing, but it's not just life-changing in the fact that you're having a baby and it changes everything. Mm-hmm. It's also extremely life-changing for your body. Yeah. And I I want to talk a little bit about the fact that I feel that women kind of don't take that very seriously. Mm-hmm. Like they just think it's a natural part of being a woman. Mm-hmm. You have a baby and then you just go back to your daily life. Yeah. So let's talk about what you do with that as a coach. Yeah. Um, no, I, I definitely agree. I think in general it's a, like, misinformed, again, topic. So one kind of odd recommendation that doctors have, have given in, in recent or, like, 
I would say up until now has been like not to lift more than 30 pounds and, you know, to not do core work. And it's with no like kind of research backed evidence behind that. It's just kind of like, that's not good for you. Don't do that. And then it's either, um, I would say for women who don't have like any experience with lifting, putting fear into their heads, like now I'm so fragile and like, I can't do anything. And, you know, at one point or at some point that child is going to exceed 30 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to get out of bed and use your core, you know? So again, just going back to kind of those loose recommendations, um, they just aren't realistic. Like for even someone who doesn't train or work out. Um, but then when you get to, you know, women who do lift and who do train consistently and kind of going back to when Aaron and I got to Ferrum, it was still CrossFit. And so I think that was an additional kind of, you know, fear factor for women is that, okay, this is a CrossFit gym, you know, again, back then and I'm pregnant or, and I'm postpartum, like this is really scary. You know, I don't know what to do. Um, and so when it comes to like being pregnant or postpartum, the biggest thing, um, is, you know, education in general. Um, you know, I think a lot of people think just our core is our abdomen our front side. Um, but it's our pelvic floor, it's our diaphragm, it's our erectors. It's you know a lot more than just, you know, that six pack. So, yeah. um, you know, again, just educating on one, like what your core is, because mm-hmm. obviously as you're pregnant and, you know, once you're postpartum, your belly and your core, your abdomen, they all have to expand. Um, and so a big thing people get nervous about is like diastasis recti and um, having that kind of coning or ab separation. And so again, core is a big thing. Um, breath work is a huge part of it, um, as that, you know, facilitates how our diaphragm and pelvic floor move. Um, yeah. And I think, um, people misunderstand or don't place enough importance on the breath work part of it. Mm -hmm. The breath work is a major part of what we have going on with really our entire body. Yeah. It has a lot to do with our central nervous system. Mm -hmm. And for our women that, that come to you, I mean, there's things that they need to do before having the baby, mm-hmm. but then afterwards, you know, a doctor, they get to what, six weeks yeah, postpartum six and the doctor's weeks. like, cool, go for it. Mm-hmm. And most women don't realize what's the extent of what's happened internally. Yeah. And they go back to doing their, their regular activities. Let's say they go back to joining the gym, running, whatever they were doing and they just go head first. Yeah. Like, yep, it's been nine weeks I'm, or nine months. I'm so ready for this. I'm ready to get back. I want my life back, my body back, my time back, whatever it is. Mm. We've seen so many women that come back after having a baby and it's, and it's not just immediately after having a baby. It could be years down the road mm. where hip problems are a problem. Yeah. Back problems are a problem. And it's because they didn't do what they needed to mm. coming back from having a baby. Like that needs to be, 
I feel a lot of importance placed on that step-by-step recovery yeah. from having a baby mm-hmm. to going back into your active lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I think recovery is a, a important word because really like not, ne- not so much pregnancy, but depending on who you are, it could be pregnancy. Um, labor and giving birth in general is traumatic. It's, mm-hmm. you know, depending on, again, your experience, you could have you know, torn, you could have had a C-section where they're literally cutting into your abdomen and, um, we treat it like it's nothing, you know, we, we think that you can just bounce back, um, again in six weeks, eight weeks, but then we treat like, you know, a broken arm differently or we treat, you know, yeah, like a torn meniscus differently when I would argue that, you know, labor, is way more traumatic than some of those, you know, yeah. um, more common. I mean, again, pregnancy is very common, but, uh, more, uh, I guess like thought of injuries, you know? Right. Sherry had two C-sections mm-hmm. and her youngest is now 14. She still has, she's still numb mm-hmm. where her C-section scar is. And she's even been told that potentially some of the um, back and hip issues that she has could be coming from her C-section mm-hmm. scarring. Yeah. And she's been told on a number of occasions that she needs to work on that. Mm-hmm. And here it is 14 years later. Yeah. I mean, you're like, once you have a child, you're postpartum forever. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just the six months or 12 months after, like you've had a baby and your body can't go back. You know, not that that's like a bad thing. You can still crush training and crush life being, you know, a mom, but your body will have always gone through that experience. Yeah. And it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that it's, it's not broken. Yeah. And I don't want people to think that, that having a baby, you know, now you're broken for forever, but mm-hmm. your body is just different Yeah, after that entire process. Because like you said, it's very traumatic. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of importance should be brought to that entire process yeah. pre going into it, what needs to happen that it also has whatever you do pre coming into birth mm-hmm. dictates a, a lot about how that birth process goes. Mm-hmm. It Definitely. can be made easier yeah, just from the education and the health coming into that whole process. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think just being educated, even if you don't take action on that can um, put you in like a better mindset and kind of prepare you for those experiences a little bit better. You know, I think when there's a lot of unknowns, that's when, you know, we start to feel anxious or scared. But when we, you know, fill in those, those unknowns with answers, we start to like kind of take a deep breath and we are like, okay, you know, I may still be nervous about what this process looks like, but I, at least I know what to expect or what is normal versus not normal. And, you know, yeah. again, having those answers can kind of like free up some of that like mental like <laughs> right. anguish. But, you know, and what you do with with the clients that I've seen you work with, it it looks like personal training. So mm-hmm. we're I don't want everybody to think that we're talking like Lamaze class. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It looks like personal training that you would do for a person who is looking to be fit and active. Mm-hmm. There's just some special things that need to go along with those training sessions. Mm. So it's not that you're babying them in any way. Yeah, no. 
it's still a physical training session with weightlifting movements, resistance movements, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of cardio with it. But during that entire time, I've watched you work with people and you're discussing breathing the entire time mm-hmm. and heart rate and things that could potentially be dangerous while they're going through the process. For example, box jumps, mm-hmm. because falling clearly yeah. is a major pr- no, no, mm-hmm. we don't want to put you in the risk of falling. So things mm-hmm. like box jumps, rope climbs, yeah, it, you know, I'm sure you talk about jump rope or mm-hmm. any of those kind of things while yeah. you're going through these trainings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there will definitely be, and it, you know, depends on when you're kind of starting training or maybe you're just continuing training, but it's changing because you're now pregnant or postpartum. Um, there will definitely be some movements that are like what we call contraindications that, you know, could essentially um, do more harm than good. But understanding that that's for just a season, you know, it's not like eventually, you know, you may be able to get back to box jumps or double unders or, um, you know, running burpees, you know, the things that are a little bit more um, intense or um, just put a little bit more impact on the body. Um, Those are just things that, you know, can be scaled back to, you know, a a level that is, you know, healthy and and attainable for those seasons. Again, whether that's pregnancy or postpartum. Um, But I mean, that again is, is how we would approach injuries or maybe someone who is newer to the gym. It's not, again, that you're being babied or we're like, you know, only, only letting you do certain things because, you know, you're, I don't know, a special case, like you're still who you were, or you're still, you know, at the level you were at just with things that we need to now like take into account. Yeah. Absolutely. Into consideration as opposed Mm -hmm. to ignoring the process. Yeah. Right. Cause it, it plays a big role in your, in that recovery afterwards. Mm-hmm. So if we move on to your next specialty, <laughs> that is the deep dive into what I'm excited to talk about is nutrition. Mm-hmm. And when, when we found out that you did online nutrition, you know, Sherry and I have been talking about a nutrition program in our gym for forever. That to us, that's been the one thing that's really been missing. Mm-hmm. You know, we did nutrition challenges. We've done educational seminars. And you can do those things for people, but it's, they treat it like a competition. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I only have to do this for 30 days and I'm done. Yeah. Um, do they ever really learn anything from it? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could stand in front of a room and talk for two hours on nutrition. I'm I've done it where you've watched me Yeah. <laughs> and people ask all sorts of questions, but it's a matter of what they do from there application wise. Mm-hmm. Like we can stand there and talk all day long and people can ask questions. We'll answer them. But as soon as they leave, what's their motivation to continue to do it? Mm-hmm. Right? So when we sat down with you about what our nutrition needed to look like, mm-hmm. we came up with the idea that we wanted this to be a nutrition program that looks like, nothing that the ordinary person sees. Mm -hmm. Now we do have, um, an amazing friend of ours, Bridget, um, on social media. I know it's being Bridget who does functional medicine, food 
medicine, food mm -hmm. is medicine. Yeah. And she takes a really deep dive into blood work and supplements, and she does an outstanding job. Mm -hmm. For the person who is looking to lose 10, 20 pounds, feel better, maybe doesn't know what the heck food is, mm -hmm. um, is dealing with things like diabetes, um, some food allergies, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. This was a program that we wanted everybody to feel like they were going to get their bang for their buck, that they were going to be held accountable, mm -hmm. and that we were going to make this like a lifestyle thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So we came up with Ferrum Fed and where we are fueling better humans. Mm -hmm. And we wanted this entire thing to be somewhat like personal training. Yeah. Like when people walk into our gym, they start with personal training and they get a full body assessment. And the whole process is very much about what they need mm -hmm. to get back into an active lifestyle. Yeah. They get movement, they get lifestyle education, they get um, continuous check-ins on movement progress, how they're feeling, mm -hmm. goals, so on and so forth. We wanted our nutrition program to look the same. Mm -hmm. Like we want you to check in, go through a consultation, basically have an assessment. And we want this entire process to be built around what you need. Yeah. Otherwise it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's talk about what this nutrition program looks like when someone first walks in the door. Yeah. So we have, um, a, an assessment that we have, we sit down and we talk through. It's not like a movement assessment where we're, you know, looking at your body and stuff. We're, we're more so having a conversation and asking you questions. And um, I think the with the assessment portion of it, what surprises people most is that we're not just asking them about their nutrition. It's not just like, what'd you eat yesterday? Okay, well, we're moving forward now. Like, we're asking you, you know, what, what your job looks like, what your work um, balance, you know, work-life balance is and, um, what home looks like and, you know, who does grocery shopping and who, you know, is handling cooking because, you know, nutrition is a lot more than just food. It's, it's, you know, your entire lifestyle, you know, you're eating hopefully at least three times a day, <laughs> you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I would argue that with, nutrition it's something that uh takes up a lot more of our time than like training you know we ideally again train maybe an hour three to six times a week depending on your level mm -hmm. you know so you know nutrition is a part of our life regardless of you know whether you're trying to focus on it or not like you have to eat you can't not so we talk a lot more about um, again, your lifestyle, we ask about, you know, your stress, your sleep, um, really just digging into things that overall affect, you know, where the scale is at and where your, you know, health in general is at, you know, do you, do you come into the gym energized or do you come dragging, you know, do you, um, you know, does, does your stress, is it managed well? Are you, you know, managing that by talking it out with people or are we managing that by downing a six pack of beer, you know, right. like we, these all play into account with our nutrition. So we talk a lot about that in the assessment. Um, 
but kind of beyond that, you know, the, the process looks different for everyone. Um, you know, I think the most frustrating thing that, that people come up with when it, when regarding nutrition is that, you know, there's no straightforward answer always. Like, um, if, if we don't know the ins and outs of your life, the answer will probably be, it depends because for someone this, you know, method A may work and for someone method B may work, you know, um, so again, it really just depends on your lifestyle. You know, I have some people who, who have never tracked, you know, macros or calories and don't even know what that is. So we're just starting off by, you know, keeping a food log, writing down what those meals are, you know, what our drinks are and just kind of building awareness. Um, and then there are some people who are like, I've been tracking macros forever and, you know, I have a food scale and all that kind of stuff. And so for those, those people, we can start at a different place. You know, we can start with tracking. Um, And, you know, as far as making this look, like you said, very personal, Mm -hmm. we always say the hardest part of being human is being human. Mm -hmm. And what makes us all human is the fact that we're all different. Yeah. So what works for me doesn't work for Sherry. What works for Sherry doesn't work for you. Mm. And the only way that you as a coach knows what's going to work is by sitting down and meeting with these people on a regular basis Mm. and having these really deep down conversations. And a lot of times, even nutrition meetings can borderline kind of look like therapy Mm -hmm. because we have, we all have a, a relationship with food. Yeah. Whether it's, positive or negative. And some people are oblivious to the fact that we have this relationship with food, but we all have one. Mm-hmm. And it's figuring out, figuring out our why. Yeah. Right. Like, why do we feel we need this? Mm-hmm. Why do we feel we need this? Yeah. Why? Like, it's not going to do you any good to look at someone. Um, I think of Tiffany off the top of my head <laughs> who I absolutely adore, but for her, yeah, she likes to, she'll track stuff. Mm-hmm. She really doesn't like to. Yeah. So for you to be like, listen, I need you to track absolutely everything that you put in your mouth. I need you to weigh and measure every single bit of it. And I need you to tell me all about it. She's going to look at you and be like, probably not. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. She's going to say, you're crazy mm-hmm. because that doesn't work for her. That doesn't resonate with her. Yeah. Like she doesn't understand that. Yeah. So for her, your approach with her is going to be much different than the person who is very OCD about weighing and measuring their food, mm-hmm. putting it into a calculator. They want to see all of the things. Like Sherry's actually really good at that mm-hmm. as far as her tracking is concerned. And she wants to make, it becomes like a game for her. She mm-hmm. wants to make sure that she hits these numbers. Yeah. So each personality is different. Everybody's understanding is different. Yeah. So navigating that for you is a big part of what's made this program, I feel, successful. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to kind of clarify what we mean by, you know, different things will work for different people is, you know, is this method sustainable? Because kind of going back to like, you know, challenges or seminars, you know, you could cut out sugar for 30 days, but will that last, you know? will can you do that for the rest of your life and you know some people can and some people can't like I would probably say I cannot you know like I 
if you know Aaron, we love our cookies. All so, the cookies, um, the cookie monsters. You know, I think the biggest thing is like figuring out a method that is sustainable for you um, because, you know, ultimately whatever your goal is, whether that is to like lose weight or, you know, uh, sleep better, again, whatever it is, you want that goal or like once you achieve that goal, you want those results to last. Yeah. You don't want to lose 10 pounds and then, you know, gain it back or you don't want to sleep better for a week and then sleep crappy for the rest of your life. Like whatever you're trying to achieve, you want that for, you know, a good period of your life or hopefully forever. So, um, you know, again, I think when we talk about what works, we mean, you know, what is sustainable? Like, you know, and again, I think one thing that people get a little bit uncomfortable with, and, and it depends on, again, your why and how bad you want, you know, said goal, is the timeline of which it takes to reach said goal. Mm -hmm. um, because one thing with our um, Ferrum Fed, like, program that we tell people in their consultation is that we have a three-month commitment. Um, and we do that mostly just to kind of set expectations of if your goal is to lose 100 pounds, we're not probably going to do that in a month or two. So right. just letting you know, it will take probably at least three months to reach whatever goal you have. Just because, again, life happens, you know, you may be, con you know, you may be consistent to something we put in place for a week, but then, you know, our great aunt dies and we have to go out of town or, right. you know, there, there are little stressors here and there that pop up that even if you are, you know, being really intentional and putting a lot of effort towards, you know, the things that we're implementing, you can't always predict what's going to happen and things change. And so, um, again, I think setting that expectation of what the timeline will look like is huge because, mm -hmm. You know, again, change of any kind doesn't happen overnight. Oh gosh, no. So, um, you know, I think that those two things of like, you know, setting expectations of like how long it will take to reach your goal. Um, and again, setting out the plan in a way that is sustainable are like the two biggest things, I think. And, you know, the the mental side of nutrition is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the physical eating part of it or going to get food. And it, I mean, when you have someone saying, listen, I need you to eat at this time and I need you to eat this, this food. Mm -hmm. Great. The mental side of it that people go through of, I expect we live in such a world of instant gratification. Definitely. Like when I turn my phone on, I expect it to work. Yeah. <laughs> when I send a text message, I expect it to go through. Mm -hmm. Like if it, if stuff doesn't happen in like the blink of an eye, mm -hmm then it must not be working and this is crap and we must be failing. Mm -hmm. And as you said, nutrition is a very long process. It's a journey. Yeah. And for most of our people, you didn't get to a point in your life in two months. Mm -hmm. It's going to take longer than two months to get out of a point in your life, mm -hmm. right? Things happen as a process as we go through it. Yeah. So as people start nutrition, the reason why people usually stop after two weeks is that they expect to lose 20 pounds in two weeks, or they expect this big life altering change that everybody's going to notice in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And when that doesn't happen, 
feel like, well, this diet, quote unquote, mm -hmm. is stupid and I'm done. And yeah. it's because they've either, number one, viewed it as a diet, which is negative. They've restricted everything, which is a negative. Mm -hmm. They have this mindset, like as soon as you tell somebody, hey, you can't have that. Mm -hmm. The brain doesn't <laughs> associate yeah. can't. Yeah. It doesn't recognize can't. It recognizes can. Mm -hmm. So when you say, hey, you can't have alcohol, mm -hmm. all that person's going to think about is the fact that they want alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like it makes them want it even more. Yeah. So the, the conversations that you have, I'm sure, are very focused around being very choosy about the words that you use. Oh, yeah. And it's um, trying to help people change the way they think about this entire process mm -hmm. and it's not about taking away yeah it's about adding mm -hmm. like hey we're gonna start talking about adding the big one i know is protein mm -hmm. we're gonna start adding some protein yeah you know we're gonna add fiber we're going to add fruits and vegetables we're going to add water mm -hmm. you know the the talking about things like alcohol sodas sugars they're, I'm sure, gradual mm -hmm. conversations mm -hmm. as opposed to like, listen, I need you to stop all of that right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because, again, like a couple people come to mind with these conversations of like, um, you know, making, adding things into our life versus taking away. Um, and, you know, one of my clients specifically told me like I love my diet coke right and this is one thing I don't think I'm willing to give up you know mm -hmm. and so I was like that's fine you know we'll we'll work around it and for now we're gonna you know try to increase your water intake for example and you know I would say a month goes by six weeks go by and she's like you know I couldn't tell you like the last time I've had two Diet Cokes in a day, like usually I, you know, that's my normal is two. Yeah. And now I have one and that's not satisfying my thirst, you know? So I think, you know, when it comes to things like sugar, alcohol, you know, our vices per se, like when we focus, when we put our focus on things that we're adding into our life, those kind of naturally um, become less of, you know, they're not as enticing, I guess. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, our brain isn't thinking about that, it's thinking about what we're adding. You know, it's thinking yeah. about water or it's thinking about protein. So with those things, you know, again, it kind of naturally becomes an area that we care less and less about. Um, but, you know, for things like alcohol, you know, this is a big reason why we talk more about what home life looks like. Or, you know, I, I ask clients a lot of times, like, do you have any big events coming up or like plans traveling, you know, because with those sorts of situations, you know, we can, we, we don't live in a vacuum. We don't just live at home, right? right. Like we see people, we travel, we have people coming to our homes, you know, there's, um, like football games, there's, you know, pool party, you know, whatever yeah. you have going on, yep. these are going to be different environments that, you know, we can practice a certain set of, of behaviors at home, but once we are taken out of that environment, you know, our behavior now changes because different people are involved mm -hmm. or, you know, um, you know, with, with habits, 
it's we have these cues that basically let us know okay this is the next thing we're doing like if if maybe for example a behavior you that is pretty common for people is to like you know grab their phone immediately when they wake up the cue is that your phone is right next to your bed plugged in right right so maybe if that's a habit you're trying to get rid of we plug our phone in in the kitchen and now the cue that was to get on our phone immediately is gone and we're kind of reducing the like likelihood that we get on our phone first thing in the morning and so same thing with like again nutritional like habits so if you are we'll say um not drinking water very often and we want to try to drink more water you know maybe we have a water bottle by our bedside now um and again if you are now traveling that's going to be different because maybe your bed is now the couch at someone's house right right so you know you we talk a lot about you know how we can transfer the habits we've practiced you know in environments that we're comfortable in and that are uh, consistent or um, what's the word like we can anticipate what's going to happen we talk a lot about how we can transfer those sort of habits and behaviors to environments that are you know unpredictable or just different you know Um, because again we want these things to be sustainable we don't want a week a way to totally derail us. Um, And I think um, that's a great point because I think that so many people take nutrition as black or white. Mm -hmm. Like you're either eating super healthy and following this road to a T or you are totally not on that train at all and you're having fried chicken, cheeseburgers and fries like you're just totally off the rails. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a time and a place and there's a blend like we, we still need to I hear this all the time well you know you want me to do this but I want to live my life yeah like well I live my life too mm-hmm. but I know exactly how certain things make me feel mm-hmm. and I don't like feeling certain ways mm-hmm. so for me it's over time it's made that choice easier yeah um, if you were to know me in my past life when <laughs> I played golf and was younger mm-hmm. I ate and drank whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. I would come home at night and I would drink beer. That was my sit on the back porch and chill. Yeah. Um, it was not uncommon for me to eat an entire large Pizza Hut thin crust <laughs> pizza by myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love food and I can flat out eat some food. Yeah. And it wasn't always the best choices. Mm-hmm. But I did it because I thought I could get away with it. Yeah. Until I started taking better care of myself and realized that the things that I was putting in my body made me feel a certain way. Mm. I didn't know how bad I felt until I felt good. Yeah. And then I was like, holy crap, you felt bad. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it until yeah. I cleaned all of that stuff out. I actually started sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. Now I know what, what it feels like to not get sleep. I know what it feels like to have, and people are going to laugh, but two beers mm-hmm. and then go to bed because mm-hmm. that's pretty much all I can handle now. Yeah. Um, I know what it feels like when I go home to Indiana to visit my family because I know that I'm on a little bit of a vacation. Mm -hmm. I know that my family's going to go and we're going to have pizza. Mm -hmm. Um, when I'm here by myself, I don't go out for pizza by myself Mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. (laughs) 
like I used to. Yeah. So, but I will still, I will go out and I will have pizza. I will have a beer at dinner. Mm -hmm. I will, if it's a birthday that I'm there for or Christmas, I will have the cake. I will mm -hmm. have the cookies. Yeah. But by the time I get done with the trip, I'm craving a spinach salad. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I start to crave yeah. fruits and vegetables and getting back to my normal yeah, you miss it. routine. Yeah. I miss it. I miss, you start to appreciate the way real food tastes. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have things like chicken, the way that you fix it or, and people are going to laugh because they, if you don't, if you haven't been through this entire process and it's a long process, it took me a long time to get to this point. Yeah. It's not like I just woke up one morning and was like, Forget it. I'm never eating pizza again. I used to eat um, cinnamon toaster strudels mm -hmm. for breakfast in the morning. Cinnamon rolls were my jam. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff is what I grew up with and I loved it. Yeah. I didn't just wake up one morning and say, I'm done with all of that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to switch to eggs and oatmeal for breakfast, chicken and broccoli for lunch, mm -hmm. and I don't know, chicken, asparagus, and a salad for dinner. Yeah. It took me a long time to get to that point. I had to figure out how I like to cook it, yeah. how I like to eat it, but it's now become so routine for me that outside of that routine, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm being drugged down the road behind a pickup truck <laughs> and beat with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, I physically don't feel good. Yeah. But I can look back at the time that I'm gone and I enjoyed my time with my family. Mm -hmm. I know that what I did is not part of my routine and I know as soon as I get on the plane to come back, we're right back in our routine. Yeah. And that takes a lot of practice. And this is part of the nutrition program education mm -hmm. that people receive. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people when they think about nutrition, because we talk about fitness in the nutrition world being such a young thing mm -hmm. and everybody kind of navigating their way through it, they think of things like a Weight Watchers program, mm -hmm. which works for those people that choose to do it. Mm -hmm. Is it a life-changing thing for the duration of their life? Maybe for some people it is. Mm -hmm. Maybe for some people, though, they don't learn what food really is. Like, mm -hmm. they might know that dairy counts for two points. Yeah. But what do they get out of dairy? Mm -hmm. Like, what do they get out of that cup of milk? Yeah. They might know that chicken is worth three points, but what are they getting out of the chicken? Mm -hmm. Why do we need that? Yeah. And I think that's where our education is far different mm -hmm. and why it's a process and not a challenge or just an app. Mm -hmm. Like there's a huge educational value to it. And that's why we've designed it the way that we have with you have to come in and meet with the coach mm -hmm. once a week. Yeah. If you feel that you need check-ins daily or every other day, mm -hmm. we'll set that up. Yeah. Tell me what you need in order to be successful for this program to work for you and what is the definition of success for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of, you know, this process is unlearning and relearning um, because, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, whether that is just the way we were brought up or you know, the diets we have tried in the past, you know, or the combination of the two, you know, I tell people all the time, like, you know, again, talking about who you live with and what home life looks like, you can live with somebody and, you know, you're still two different people. Like, for example, 
Aaron, my now husband, which is weird to say, but <laughs> he grew up, you know, where his mom cooked meals, I would say from scratch, you know, had dinner every day consistently at, we'll say like five o'clock. Snacks were like not a thing. You were not snacking. You either ate your meal or you're hungry, you know, and I grew up way differently where, you know, my, I will say my parents were much younger when they had me, but we had like TV trays where we would sit down at the couch and eat, you know, like <laughs> sitting on the couch for Aaron and his family was again, not a thing, That's like, not, not a allowed. Thing. Yep. Um, you know, we would have some microwave dinners if, if things were, you know, tight or if like time was limited. So, you know, even just having, you know, people in your home with different backgrounds too, not even friends and family can be, you know, a challenge because, you know, you're, again, we don't live in a vacuum. Even if you as an individual are focusing on your nutrition, there are all of these other people, all these other environments um, that you have to take into account because, you know, I, I'm not going to sit with you, unfortunately, and fortunately right. at every meal, you know, helping you put together, you know, your meals, helping you cook. So there's a lot of things that, you know, as far as, again, previous diets or our upbringings that we may have to unlearn or, you know, kind of, uh, challenge, you know, mm -hmm. in a way. Um, and there's maybe even a lot of conversations that you have to have outside of, you know, your coach and you that are tough, you know, like you yeah. may have to tell your spouse like, Hey, I know our, you know, Friday plan is always pizza and beer, but you know, I'm trying to improve my nutrition. So maybe we, instead of going out for pizza, go, try a new restaurant where the food quality is a little bit better, you know, sushi. like sushi yeah. is a great day. <laughs> so, you know, again, there's a lot of things that, um, that change, you know, not just that aren't just your nutrition. Yeah. Um, and kind of, I wanted to go back to like, you know, you said Weight Watchers, a lot of those, you know, we'll say Weight Watchers, keto, um, intermittent fasting, yeah, intermittent fasting, like all of those things are, um, really well marketed to make people believe that they're like special and that, you know, there's something about this that like changes lives, which again, it can, but I think the biggest thing is again, is it sustainable for you? And a lot of times those diets end up just reducing your overall like intake mm -hmm. because now you're just cutting out either a whole food group or you're just cutting out, you know, like something is being cut out, yeah. basically. Ooh, and this brings up my favorite <laughs> subject. Keep, keep yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean no, to No, it's okay. Um, and, you know, again, a lot of people come to us with, with histories like that and, um, you know, come with a lot of fear, a lot of, like, um, unknowns. Like they don't feel still educated after going through those diets or processes and, um, you know, I, I try to tell people like, if this is something, you know, if, if they come to me and say, I really want to do that, you know, it's like, we can try and make it work. But, you know, at a point, we have to ask ourselves again, can I keep this up forever? And, yeah. you know, are the results I'm going to achieve because of this going to last? Like, 
and you know not to harp on those like diets too much but um it's it's really just a matter of like can you keep it up and can it be something you stick to for the rest of your life and if you truly don't see that lasting I would say more than a year or two then it's probably not the best way to approach your nutrition right and if you understand how if you have a coach who truly understands how the human body works Mm -hmm. there's very few demographics that will do really well on keto Mm -hmm. and it's going to be people who have diseases like a cancer patient will do really well with keto. Mm-hmm. Um, a long distance endurance runner can potentially get away with a more keto diet because of how long it takes to turn fat into glucose. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, I hate to burst everybody's bubble, but the human <laughs> body runs off of glucose. Yeah, it's unnecessary. It, it's it's a fact. Mm-hmm. I'm not making it up. I'm not pulling that on my butt. Every human being on the planet runs off of glucose. We mm-hmm. run off of carbohydrates. Yeah. We have to have them. Mm-hmm. And when people cut them out, it messes with our hydration levels. It messes, it messes with a lot of things. And yeah. then you have to find yourself supplementing with other things because of that. And it can mess mm-hmm. with your sleep. It can mess with your recovery. If you're an athlete, it messes with your performance. Like it's a really big deal. And searching out a professional coach who can navigate that with you mm-hmm. um, is super important. Yeah. And the reason why I said this brings up my favorite subject, because I'm very passionate about this, mm-hmm. is documentaries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. By far my favorite subject to talk about uh-huh. because we have people come in here all the time. Like, we will preach nutrition until we're blue in the face, mm-hmm. and it never fails. Somebody walks in the door, <laughs> and they're like, did you see the blah, blah, blah documentary? Yeah. We shouldn't eat meat. We uh-huh. shouldn't eat vegetables. We shouldn't eat carbs. Mm-hmm. And the answer that comes back every single time that I tell every person is who funded the documentary. Mm-hmm. Anybody can make a documentary. Yeah. If you wanted to make a documentary on why you shouldn't wear shoes yeah. <laughs> and why shoes are killing you, mm-hmm. you totally could. You just have to find the right people who also believe maybe it's a sock company mm-hmm. that wants to sell more of their socks. Yeah. I will fund you and have you do an entire documentary on why you should wear these socks mm-hmm. because these shoes are bad and they will kill you. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. everybody has to take that into consideration. And when you start working with a more professional coach in the nutrition world, they will navigate all those conversations with you. Yeah. As opposed to, I mean, that's unfortunately the world that we live in with media and social media and literally anybody can produce anything that says anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, anyone can put anything out there and there's, you know, kind of going back to mindset and like psychology, there's literally a thing called confirmation bias where what you believe you will seek out. So if you believe that, you know, say you watch some documentary and now you believe that we should not have vegetables ever again, you're going to seek out things or, you know, your brain is going to kind of highlight things that support that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can be really tough because again, people like, come to us with these histories of believing X, Y, and Z, and we're basically popping all of those bubbles, you know, (laughs) like telling you that's not true or that's not even like supported by research, like, you know, and, and again, it can be a tough, like 
pill to swallow when you're hearing that what you thought was true is not or what you thought was uh, good for you is not and and you know it kind of goes into again more mindset stuff with like not you know uh, beating yourself up for those things like you know now you're better informed and we can kind of move forward from there but you know these are are things that you have to be um very like skeptical about you know right um and if you don't have again like the kind of basis of nutritional education you're gonna not know what's right or what's wrong um or what's correct and what's not you know and your social media page you do an amazing job with your social media thanks so for those of us wanting to find you on social media mm-hmm. i asked aaron his the other day and he was like, <laughs> yeah oh, yeah do you know your instagram I, and social media i do <laughs> i'm like i don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing but um it's funny because i did change it obviously after we got married and rose is a very common last name apparently, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> compared to Revac. so it's sienna rose with three e's but sienna is c-i-a-n-a Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I hope everybody heads to your page, gives you a follow um, yourself. And we have two other coaches in our gym, Rachel and Eric, who also help with our firm fed nutrition program. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, head over to our website at fairmathletico.com and shoot us an email and sign up for a consultation. Yeah. Sienna, it was awesome speaking with you today. Yeah, it was so fun. We'll see you soon.